And welcome along, Dennis Stewart, for the first time this year. Looking forward to a good year of Health Naturally. I am, I'm looking forward to it uh, greatly, Jane, and it's very nice to be back sharing the program with you. And uh, I'm sure we're going to have some good conversations throughout the year. Well, we'll start off with thinking about food, because you often yes, talk about yes. food and its good uses in your health. Well, I'm a great proponent of the idea that we've touched on fairly frequently on the program, and that is that food is your best medicine. And I try, wherever possible, to get over to people that having a bag full of supplements and pills and potions is not the way to necessarily build health. Health comes from food. Food is your best medicine. And today I want to look at a couple of foods that have remarkable possibilities for serious health problems. Hello. Who do we have here? Oh, hello. Hello, it's hello. Anne. Anne, good, yes. And yes. your question is, Anne? Um, Dennis, I've got rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. And I listened to you talk about Astra 8. Astragalusate. Yes, yes, yes. Because I astragalus. Yes. Because I have a lot of trouble with fatigue. Okay. And I took it, and I didn't expect much, but it was fantastic. Yes. It's made a huge difference to me. But the problem I'm finding, I had to stop it because it's giving me insomnia. Have you heard of that before? Yes, it it does have some potential to uh, to stimulate. What I, what I would suggest you do is is take the medication significantly earlier than what you probably are. Uh, in other words, if you're taking a night dose, take it before dinner at night rather than after dinner. That's I've been taking it at breakfast time. Oh, you only take it once a day, are you? Yep. Okay. And I only, I only was taking two tablets. Okay. Well, and I dropped it to one, but yes. I still had the problem. Okay. What I'd suggest you do is give yourself a break from it. You've already experienced some benefit. Give yourself a break from it and then come back onto it until your system becomes perhaps less sensitive to any stimulus that it might give. How long would you... Oh, look, I'd, I'd, I'd go off it. How, how long have you been on the Astragalus 8 formula? Um, I was on it for two weeks. Yes. I noticed a, a, a difference, in, in, as in feeling better, within yes. three days. Yes. That, that, that doesn't surprise me. As I've said to people on the program before, I see my introduction of Astragalus 8 into Australia probably 25 years ago as one of the highlights of my professional career. It does live up to its reputation. Uh, some people, however, do get uh, a stimulus from it. And what I'm suggesting to you is if you're in that bracket, um, give yourself a break for, say, three or four days and then come back and do that frequently until you become less sensitive to that stimulus effect. Okay. Try that because it would be a shame uh, if you couldn't continue to get the benefit that that preparation has for chronic fatigue conditions. If per, if per chance you still experience this very unusual uh, possibility of, of, of a bit of insomnia coming with it, uh, get back to me because what we can then do is work through the formula and perhaps find out which particular herb in there might be affecting you and then we can perhaps uh, formulate it and provide it to you without that particular constituent. That sounds like a good line of action to follow and hope that helps. And uh, Peter is has rung in from Soldier's Point. Peter, Soldier's Point, there can't be anything wrong there, can there? <laughs> Hello, Peter. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lovely spot in the world. It is indeed, it is indeed. How can we help you? Thanks for taking the call, Pleasure. mate. Um, look, I've been diagnosed with polymyalgia. Rheumatica, yes. 
Yes. Yes. Now, um, I've been um, prescribed... Prednisone. Prednisolone. Yes. 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 And I'm just wondering if there's... I understand that this has... can have side effects. Um... And, uh, but I've only been in this condition for about, you know, three weeks or four okay. weeks. Look, uh, but I'm wondering if there's any natural uh, remedy or whatever help that I can get from... Your doctor, would have prescri- your, your doctor would have prescribed it with the understanding that you would eventually get to a very low dose of it. Are you taking about five milligrams? Uh, every day I'm yes. taking... Three of those, three. So taking fifteen milligrams. Okay. Yes, what, that's what, what I think uh, your doctor will will do, and by the way, I might say that with polymyalgia rheumatica, prednisolone is a very very useful medication. And unfortunately, in my experience, there's nothing in complementary medicine that can as quickly and as easily bring about relief for that wretched condition um, yes, what what yes. you what usually happens is if a benefit starts to come which i'm sure it has already started your doctor your undoc- your doctor undoubtedly will move you down to a, a to a lower management dose most patients That's that right. i see around about working uh, around about 5 mgs and very fre- yes. very frequently at that level over a period of time the condition tends to burn itself out, in my opinion. Now, everyone's different, but I know many friends as well as patients who have gone this pathway. It is not something that I would see, and I'm sure your doctor wouldn't see you necessarily needing to be on it indefinitely. And my view view on steroid therapy is that, unfortunately, too many people have got the idea that even uh, an an occasional exposure to a steroid is is cataclysmic. It's It's not... Steroid medication, when used wisely, uh, and and it is used wisely and prescribed wisely by medical practitioners, uh, can lead a patient through a crisis, get them out the other end, where frequently softer options can then take over. So I'd be saying, after you're on 5 MGs and and you're travelling pretty well, your doctor will probably uh, challenge the condition to see if you can take it further. Even at that point, at that low level of steroid, uh, it is possible then to introduce some softer um, natural anti-inflammatories which can perhaps take over at that point. But where you are now, where you are now is a, is a good transit. I'd relax, be guided by your GP. There's a standard medical treatment. Um, I can't see any problem with it. And Jan has rung in from... Uh, Tanilba, Tanilba Bay, and Jan, you're, we know that turmeric is a really good spice, but you're yes. looking at using it on your feet. Hello, Jan. Hello. No, I don't want to use it on my feet. Uh, it's a capsule. Take it uh, orally. Oh, okay. Yes, of course. Jan, and you, you've mentioned um, that you're also using a standard um, anti-inflammatory from your doctor, are you? You're yes, using I'm, some... u- I'm using Voltaren yes, uh, osteogel yes, to rub on. And you're applying that topically, yes. Yes, well, yes. Well, well, in my opinion, um, the use of a turmeric-based preparation would be very, very uh, well advised here. Okay. Um, you you realise, of course, that the, the active, what we call the active chemical in turmeric is known as curcumin, yes. C- C-U-R-C-U-M-I-N. Yes. Now, the, the reason I mention that is if you were just to use the herb, you would have to use a very, very large amount of the herb in order to get enough curcumin content 
yes. to establish an anti-inflammatory benefit. Yes. So that's why these days uh, many preparations that uh, incorporate turmeric have been shown to be standardised around a particular percentage level of curcumin mm. and dosage then is established around that curcumin level. Mm. So what I suggest you do is go to your pharmacy or your health food store and, and ask for a turmeric preparation with a standardised level of curcumin. Yeah, right? well, this one, on the, on the label of this one, it says uh, equivalent to dry rhizome, 3.1 grams, equivalent curcuminoids, 100 milligrams. Yes, and, and, the, and the dosage recommendation? One daily. Yes, okay, look, it's a very safe preparation. I suspect that might be the, the, the minimum dose. I'd start off working with the minimum dose. The labelling sounds okay. They know what they're talking about there. Mm. So start off with one a day, but give yourself the option of, yep. of moving up. It's a, let me emphasise, it's a very safe substance. Everyone, of course, is an individual, and the abuse of even natural substances can lead to problems. But I have not heard of anyone yet having an adverse reaction to using a modern uh, preparation of uh, turmeric where the curcumin content has been dose-related. You go for it. Okay. Thank you very much, Dennis. Thank you. Thanks for your call, Karen. And Janet from Wall's End has also rung in on 49216216. Modular prurigo or prurigo. Tell me, Janet, how do you pronounce it? I'm not quite sure. I usually end up spilling it. Yes. What sort of symptoms do you have, Janet? Um, I have itchy skin yes. all over. I come up in big lumps. Big welts. Um, they, I, they're a lot better now than they were. I'm taking um, some metotrexate. Yes, that's correct. That's what's known as an immunosuppressant medication. And in a condition like this, um, it's bringing out the big guns, so to speak, to address what can be a very uncomfortable um, condition. My suggestions um, have to be cautious here because uh, you're on a medication. You'd obviously have that prescribed to you by a specialist. So anything I recommend must be complementary and not seen as an alternative. The thing that I would suggest you um, try is a nutritional supplement, which is readily available. It is what's known as a bioflavonoid. Now, there are various bioflavonoids. The most useful one is one called quercetin. I'll spell it for you. Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. Now, being a food supplement or being derived from foods, it is not likely in any way at all to clash with the pharmaceutical you're taking. You perhaps should run it past your medical managers, but quercetin has a reputation in our industry as being a quiet achiever in addressing inflammatory, irritable, pruritic and allergic conditions. And I presently am um, helping a lady who has had a very serious history of um, urticaria, uh, which is characterised by similar symptoms as yours, and she has done particularly well using a bioflavonoidal approach. So what I suggest you do is go to your pharmacist. You, I think you've got a compounding pharmacist at Wall's End, have you not? I think so, yes. Okay. A compounding pharmacist would probably be your best bet. Mention quercetin to him, and I'm sure they would be able to put together a preparation dose-related in an encapsulated form based on quercetin. Now, if you can't get hold of it, give my rooms a ring on 49 
I would suggest that you start at that level and see if in taking it you can complement what your good medical practitioner has got you on. So can you tell me anything about this? What, what's the cause of it? Why? What's happened that I've got it? I th- if, if we knew all those answers, uh, I think we would be much more effective in all aspects of medicine. Right. I, I, I'm not a, an epidemiologist. I'm not a pathologist. I, I wouldn't like to comment on what causes it. Um, you know, the longer I stay even in this system of medicine, the more I'm convinced that even at this late stage in the history of medicine, we still don't know a lot about many conditions. Right. Um, at one stage, I did see you, and I was taking the um, the eight... Um, Astragalus the, eight, yes. 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 Should, is that going to be any help? with this or not? Look, it's, it's difficult to say. The, the medication you're taking is very strong medication and that's why anything taken with it needs to be used cautiously and with the full knowledge of your prescribing doctor. Um, right. Astragalus 8 does have an immunological consequence and as a result may, may uh, conflict with the medication right. you're taking. I'd be cautious about that and place a lot more emphasis on what I've said about a, a gentle nutritional approach, putting a bit of confidence in what we know about that particular bioflavonoid. All right, then, fine. Now, vitamin E. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking one of those a day. Mm-hmm. Is that going to conflict in any way? I wouldn't think that. Look, it's a vitamin. It's a food substance. Don't, I, I, I hope I'm not getting over to you that um, you need to be, um, even with food and that, to be cautious what you're taking. No, my point is any medication needs to be used cautiously with what your doctor has prescribed, but nutritional supplements, foods and things like that, as with the vitamin, I can't see any problem with that at all. All right, then, fine. Thank you. Thank you, Janet. Thanks very much, Janet, and good luck. And Karen has rung in from Broke now. Um, Glandular fever, that's such Mm. a bother, isn't it, It when it comes along? And uh, your problem with that, Karen? Yes, Mike. Can you hear me properly? Yes, Yes. we can. Yes. Yes. Oh, good. Um, My husband has now had glandular fever for the third time. Yes. And... We're struggling with an elimination diet, which is getting um, fewer and fewer foods where before he could eat everything. Someone has suggested possibly there is a parasitic activity which is preventing him getting better. Have you heard of something like that? Uh, Glandular fever is based on a virus, the Epstein-Barr virus. Yes, I know that. it It can bring in its wake two common sets of symptoms, chronic fatigue and a propensity for ongoing infections, particularly of a viral nature. What I would be suggesting you do, apart from anything else you do, apart from anything else you are doing, you make a beeline to your closest pharmacy or health food store and get hold of what we've been talking about this morning, that is the Astragalus 8 formula. I can say to you quite confidently, Karen, and without fear of contradiction after many years of recommending this, prescribing it, and having introduced it into Australia, I'm not aware of anything that I have used in my 35 years that is as effective in breaking through these symptoms associated with glandular fever. And I have written papers 
on the benefit of it, particularly in dealing with Epstein-Barr viral conditions. You get, regardless of anything you do, before you do any more novel things, and some of those I put a bit of a question mark beside what you've mentioned to me, you get and start to get hold of the Astragalus 8. You get back to me in a month or so, and I'd be surprised if your man's not doing a bit better. Righto, I'll give that a go. But uh, we live on a property and yep. we deal with cattle quite intimately, yep. so yep. I'm just wondering if parasites cross over to humans like they do with dogs and cats. Oh, look, and if that a, may a, be a background a, probability. A, again, that's a, an area that um, I'm not a specialist in. I know a little bit about viral infections and yes. I know a little bit about um, this preparation and its great ability to address your husband's compromised immune system. Jan, who's rung in from Raymond Terrace. We're talking about cold sores, Jan. Yes. Hello, Jan. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Tell me about your condition. Ah, well, I keep getting reoccurring cold sores. Yes. Well, you realise, of course, that cold sores are associated with the virus also. Yes, that's correct. That's the herpes simplex virus. Now, again, I can speak from a bit of experience here and, and and a great deal of confidence I have, um, again, I can reflect at this moment on some people that um, that I've treated who had uncontrolled uh, cold sore experiences. And I'm talking about uh, adults whose lips in particular were never free from these wretched lesions yep. and who as a result of going on to this little program that I'm going to mention to you had major breakthroughs. I mean, major breakthroughs. In one case, I treated a gentleman and uh, he said, if you can get me free of these things in a year, I'll give you a good bottle of Hunter Red. Now, I'm all, I'm all open to a good bottle of Hunter Red. <laughs> and at the end of the year, I got my bottle of Hunter Red. And all right. so I'll tell you what to do. Um, the first thing you need to do is take on board what I said to the previous patient who was experiencing or her husband was experiencing the, uh, the, the problem with the Epstein-Barr virus. You start using, you start using the Astragalus 8 formulation, okay? Now, that Astragalus 8 formulation is not only available for my rooms, uh, but you can get it. You're from, where are you from? You're from... Raymond Terrace. Okay. You've got a health food store up there that I'm sure would stock the Astragalus 8 either in tablet or liquid form. You must get onto that. In my opinion, there is nothing, and I emphasise nothing in complementary medicine that I have used that works as well and so, understandably, as this antiviral preparation of astragalus 8. However, you also need, and you may well be doing it, you also need to have an ongoing course of the amino acid known as lysine, L-Y-S-I-N-E. Yep, I take that okay. now, one tablet a day. Well, now, with, with that, what you've got to realise also is that sometimes the dosage of lysine has to be accelerated. My view on lysine is that there are two levels to use it. I like to see people using a couple of thousand milligrams of it ongoingly and accelerate that up to triple the dose if and when an episode starts to occur. Yep. In my opinion, it's, it's a great supplement that works well with Astragalus 8, but in many, many cases, people aren't optimising its benefit by working with a more elevated dose. Mm-hmm. I, I challenge you to, to do that. And the other thing is, as far as the actual blister itself goes, the, um, the GA cream that I talk about frequently, 
one of my discoveries based on an extract of licorice available always from my rooms at 39 Alma Road, New Lambton. It has a very, very credible reputation for quickly resolving uh, the blister and working against its reoccurrence. Okay. Thanks for you. that answer your question, Jan. Yes, it does. Okay, thanks for ringing in. 49216216 for your question. And Laurie from Arcadia Vale, you've been trying different medications for seizures. Yeah, that's um, correct. Um, They blamed it on a stroke, but that seems to be a stroke slash type situation Mm. where I took about 30 seizures in the one day. Oh, dear. And since then I've been taking bands of pine yes. but that gave me a horrible rash yes. um, and I had to give that up and then I went on to Leviatrisatam and I couldn't wake up at all on, in the end on that mm. and now I'm on Logem yes. and um, it seems to have worked for a while and now the last couple of days I've had another couple of seizures so mm. uh, I'm at wit's end and I would like to try and find something herbal maybe that might help me Look, it's an area, obviously, that I have no real expertise in and therefore I'm loath to make any recommendations because this is a fairly critical and potentially dangerous condition you've got. So you must not do anything that would conflict with what your neurologist may well be doing for you. What I would suggest you do is just email your condition to me. I will have a look in the literature and see if there is anything in complementary medicine, anything, um, that might be of benefit to you. If there is, I will um, diligently get back to you, but anything you do here would be only uh, initiated, and I emphasise this, only initiated with your medical manager's approval. I doubt whether there's much in complementary medicine that could be of benefit, but again, uh, email uh, me at my uh, email address, scherbs at optusnet.com.au and I'll have a look and and get back to you. Could you repeat that website, please? Yes, scherbs at optusnet.com.au Okay, thank you for that, Dennis. We were going to talk about foods and some of the really useful benefits mm. they have mm. in our health, Dennis. And uh, you may have heard earlier in the week when um, Meryl Swanson was talking to Claire Collins about all sorts of good things, yes. including It's a cherries. great program, by the way, that Meryl runs with that uh, dear lady. Was, and, and when I got back to... Uh, when I went to my rooms on Monday to, to commence practice... Um, my receptionist, Karen, said Meryl has just had a, a great interview and made some very good and sensible um, uh, comments, as Meryl always does, by the way, on, on the use of cherries. Now, we have been long-time proponents of the therapeutic benefits, believe it or not, of cherries, and people think it's a little bit novel that the, the cherry has major therapeutic benefits. But the, the, the cherry is representative of a group of foods these days that are referred to as nutraceuticals, that is, nutritional substances that have therapeutic benefits, and there's a whole range of them. And I'm going to be talking about individual members of them uh, uh, throughout the year, but cherry is a nutraceutical and has a reputation which one can easily research on the net, which uh, sees it being very, very, very valuably used in the management of uric acid conditions, 
particularly, as Merrill said on Monday, in the, in the, in the treatment of gout. Now, people think that's novel, but how does this occur? Well, cherries, to start with, have active chemicals in them. That's the thing to realise. These substances are known as phytochemicals, and the one in cherry is called an anthocyanidin. Now, what happens in modern um, nutraceutical um, formulations, the cherry is subjected to an extraction process where the active principle, uh, the anthocyanidin content, is concentrated and allows the cherry to be converted into a dose form that is a capsule or a tablet. So these days, as in my practice, we use preparations of cherry in a finished form, usually in an encapsulated form. The one I use is called Gout Fighter, uh, produced by Nature Sunshine Products, and it incorporates this knowledge that we have that cherries in a concentrated form or even taken as a food at the rate of 250 grams a day, which is a bit of a burden if you're going to get the benefit from it, but, but popping a capsule in which that amount of cherry has been concentrated is much easier. So I said to a patient only yesterday, I think it was, who was talking to me about his history of gout, uh, look, you don't have to munch away every day at 250 grams of cherries. You Much can as get, you'd like to. That's right. <laughs> you can get the benefit of this, this excellent nutraceutical and its renowned ability to function as a preventative, and let me emphasise, a preventative agent, not a manager of acute uh, gout crises, but a, a preventative agent. You can get the benefit of this nutraceutical if you are a gout sufferer by taking an encapsulated form of it in which the anthocyanidin content has been concentrated. A good program that Meryl gave, and she stimulated me to talk about Cherry Today. Cherries Today. And if you'd like to follow up, the article from Professor Claire Collins is on the 2NURFM website. That's 2NURFM.com in the Meryl in the Morning page. So find out what Claire, who's Professor of Nutrition and Dietetics at the University of Newcastle. Well, 49216216, still time for just a call or two more. And David, uh, you've rung in from Newcastle and anti-inflammatories are on your mind. Hello, David. Hello, Dennis. How can we help Um, you? I'm interested in natural uh, therapies for anti-inflammatory. Yes. Um, More to do with... um, I've read somewhere that all diseases somehow or other relate back to inflammation. Inflammatory activity, yes. Yeah. And I'm interested in, is there a general application for those inflammations or does it have to be specific? Look, um, it's interesting you raise that topic. I'm presently uh, reading the latest edition uh, of the book entitled Foods to Fight Cancer uh, by Richard Bellevue and Dennis Gingras. I've mentioned this book previously and particularly the previous edition of it and indeed I've been so impressed with this work that I've actually used it as as a as a text to lecture from it in a uh, seminar seminar that I gave in Melbourne 5 years ago where for a whole day we took up the topic of uh, foods that uh, can be seen to have a useful effect in resisting cancer now in this book uh, on the topic of inflammation as being associated with with cancer the the writers are very very strongly supportive 
of using in the diet, let me emphasise, in the diet as a food, uh, significant quantities of turmeric. They, they see it in a very, very significant way as having a profound effect on resisting inflammatory activity, particularly in some cancers, particularly, say, cancer of the bowel. So as, yes. a, as a general uh, reply, a food or a spice that is not expensive, in fact, turmeric is very inexpensive, I would see it as perhaps being a useful agent used in the context of what these gentlemen say in their book, which I recommend you procure. It's not expensive. You can purchase it from my rooms at New Lampton. Using turmeric as a food in this case and not as an encapsulated preparation, using it ongoingly in conjunction with black pepper. It's got to be used with black pepper to get the benefit from it. If I were in your situation, I would do what many of my clients are already doing, taking on board this of a, a teaspoonful of, uh, of, of turmeric uh, used daily, uh, laced, if you like, with a small quantity of black pepper. I think that would meet what you're talking about, but would suggest and refer you back to the text that I've mentioned, an exciting work to read, Foods to Fight Cancer, where inflammation is dealt with very well. And thank you for your call. Our last, I think, probably for today, has been sparked off by your discussion of cherries and gout. Sue has rung in from Lambton. Hi, Dennis. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. It's a pleasure. Uh, For about five months now, Mm. six months, I've had this on one foot um, on my heel, um, sort of around my bottom of my foot on my heel, not up my ankle and like that. This pain, I get up and... Oh, you know, it's really yes. sore. It's all right once I get yes. walking and stuff. And I've done the Google thing and yes. um, gout it send, tends to be in the toes more than in the heel. And I was wondering whether or not um, it was gout, perhaps. Okay. Look, the first thing I'd ask you is, have you seen your GP and had a blood test? Uh, no. Okay. No. Look, if it were a gouty condition, yeah. your uric acid level would likely be elevated. Oh, okay. um, so what I would suggest you do is see your, see your GP, get a yeah. blood test. It sounds more like a spur condition to me. And, and can you feel a spur? Well, it's, it's a very painful condition when you, when you, when you walk on it. Um, and it sounds more spurish. Than, well, I can't than, feel a lump. You don't, or... you don't necessarily feel it. Oh, I, really? I would be suggestive that you see your GP, a blood test and perhaps even an X-ray... Yeah. If, if it is a spur, in my opinion, the Blackmore celloid range, which incorporates a product called S79, which is a code for that particular form of silica, in, okay. all, in all the years that I have practised, I have seen so much benefit done with that little preparation, persevered with over a number of months in helping resolve the symptoms of spurs and it's readily available from my rooms at, at Alma Road. But okay. get some investigation done first. Don't just yeah. go on the net and, and surf it and no, spend no, no, money. No, okay. And I've, thought it, mm. I've heard of spurs and things yes. like that, but, you know, when I feel around yes. my heel, yes. I can't feel like as if it was a corn or yes. something like that okay. or pimple or anything like that. There's nothing like that. Well, I'd suggest take the, the okay. advice, get it clarified. Mm. Once you've got it clarified, I'd be delighted to take it up with you further by giving me a ring. 
Okay, all right. Thanks, Heaps, Danny. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for your call, Sue, and thanks to all our callers. We've covered some interesting topics we have. today. We yes. have. I'm glad we touched on the cherries. Yes, the cherries I'll, are I so will follow up nutraceuticals a bit further when we look at a couple of other things, the bilberry, the cranberry, the tomato, and look at the major role they're playing in addressing chronic health conditions. There's lots of good things. Exciting year. An exciting year. An exciting year <laughs> with lots of exciting herbs and things. And if you'd like to listen to this program again, it will be available on podcast in the not too distant future. Um, on our website, 2NURFM.com, podcasts are on the left and you find them under Health Naturally. Dennis, it's uh, never too much to expect to uh, hear things again, all these good words of, of course, wisdom. Of course, of course, Jane. <laughs> and that's uh, Health Naturally. Thanks to our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. Great to have him back again for another year of feeling good.